Hey everyone, this is Kevin Johnson, and you are listening to the first episode of Open Book. Hey everyone, welcome to the Open Book Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Johnson, and first off, I'd like to start by saying that this isn't the first time that most people have heard this first episode. Um, I've already read that story. For those of you that haven't, um, I invite you to go ahead and listen. But I'm going to go ahead and retell the story of the fox. Um, it's a story that I wrote myself. And, you know, I, I kind of like to have just a reference note on what I am capable of or what I can write. You know, that way the viewers kind of know... You know, I'm reading this stuff, but but I have the ability to do stuff that I'm asking my listeners to do as well. But that being said, um, I had this first episode already done. Um, the platform that I was going through, I really wasn't getting out of it what I wanted to get out of it. So I decided to start doing the podcast um, myself. So... So basically, instead of having a bunch of pre-existing options and stuff that I could do beforehand, I decided to go ahead and just start putting together the podcast piece by piece, given the music that I want, given the timing that I want and everything. And I think it's going to work better in the long run. So without much ado, here is The Trial of the Fox. You are listening to The Trial of the Fox. By Kevin Johnson. I woke up that cold morning knowing it was the day, the one day that separates the strong of body and mind against the weak and the broken. This was the day that I had been waiting for my entire life. It was the day of ascension. I pulled on my fur boots and laced them around my calves. My pants and jacket made of sheep's wool came next, filling tighter and tighter with each passing day. It seemed that since my 16th winter, I had been growing faster than the time it took to break my clothes in. Now that I was finally in my 18th, I had hoped that the rapid growth spurt would soon come to a halt. Especially since with ascension came the uniform that you were to wear to signify you were a part of the Braves. Since I was just fledgling, I had dreamed of taking my place amongst the Braves. They were the backbone bone of the tribe, the ones everyone respected and turned to when things went wrong. I hadn't the knowledge to be a shaman, nor the drive to want to be a tradesman. The braves were where I felt like I belonged. Raga, tell me you're a weak boy. Came a gruff voice from outside my shack. I almost tore the door off its hinges in excitement and anticipation. Well met, Faza, I said, looking at the thick-bearded leader of the braves. He looked down on me, but only slightly, as I had grown almost as tall as he. Are your affairs in order, boy? he asked, not a sense of emotion in his voice. I simply nodded, not wanting to sound over-ecstatic. Very well, then. Come along. We will head to the barracks and gather your supplies. The ascension departure ceremony will start soon after, and you and the other two initiates will be blessed by the high shaman. He will ask the gods to watch over you and all that other riffraff, and then he will let you know the mission of the ascension. Any questions? I shook my head no. I already knew the details. Three initiates head into the wilderness to achieve a task given to them by the high shaman. 
The one that completes this task will ascend to become one of the brave. The other two, back down to the working class with no chance to ever complete the trial again. I know I should have been scared that that would have been my fate. However, I never had a doubt in my mind that I would be the one standing above the others and take my place amongst the braves. The morning went by rather quickly. I grabbed my gear, ate breakfast, and arrived at the ceremony. Faza was my shadow the entire way. Most would be honored to be mentored by the leader of the braves. However, the notion both annoyed and terrified me. A mentorship was supposed to be the highlight of an initiate's life, considering this was the closest that any of the children got to having a parent. Most adults were killed before they reached their 30th winter due to illness, animal attacks, or any of the other various dangers of our world. My parents were killed during a rival tribe's raid on our encampment. I was only 10 at the time, and with nowhere to go, Faza took me under his wing. The thing about Faza was he was always serious and to the point, never showing a smile or a frown or anything in between, simply a stern stare that demanded respect. It was easy enough growing up with him. We stayed out of each other's way, but if I messed up, I was in for a world of discipline and training. Because of these mess-ups, I feel like I had the extra training I had re- I needed to put me in a good position for the task I was about to begin. The ceremony was the usual explanation of our history, how thousands of years before, humans lived in the, on this world and in vast villages they called cities. These cities were part of larger entities called countries. At some point, these countries grew vast rivalries where they eventually dropped what were known as war had, heads on each other. I once asked what this was and was replied with fire that shot out everywhere to, with the power of a burning sun. These people destroyed their cities and their own people due to the pride of their own agendas. That's why when the tribes were made, we enticed strict rules that nothing of that sort could ever happen again. Many things changed after the old countries used these warheads. Lens became non-fertile, debris from the old world was left behind, and supposedly the wild animals that we had grown to fear were not always so hostile, big, and brutal. It's a story I had heard from Faza many times. I looked over at the other two initiates, noted they looked just as bored and distracted as I. Targa and Fluv. The, la- the latter I wasn't too worried about, knowing that he hadn't the slightest ounce of grit in him. He was a small, lazy fledgling his whole life, and I was convinced he was only doing this to get out of general labor. Targa, on the other hand, was a giant of a man. If I had been growing more since my 16th winter, it seemed he had been since his 10th. I knew that he could give me trouble, but my training gave me a leg up. The high shaman asked for protection over us from the gods, and finally it was deemed time for us to receive our mission. He stepped forwards, his arms held wide. The gods have spoke to me. They have shown me the initiative that is, become, that is to become the brave and the task they must complete, he said. Step forward, initiates. We did as he asked. For the ascension, one of you initiates are to bring the tribe, the tell of the fox. The crowd gasped, myself included. I had heard tales of the beasts before the Great War of the past. They were small creatures that stayed mostly to themselves, though even back then they were known for their intellect. Now, however, they were raging beasts of large size who were not only intelligent, but had a fury to match. And you have seen this, asked Faza. For the first time ever, I could sense a bit of worry in his voice. I have, said the high priest. One of these fledglings will be a brave to come tomorrow, and the world will be rid of one of those heinous creatures. A short time later, we were, we were saying our final farewells before venturing out. The goodbye with Faza was a simple nod. That is, until I turned to leave. His big hand clasped on my shoulder. If the task proves more difficult than you can handle, Raga, escape with your life. It's a lot more valuable than your pride. I knew this was his way of telling me to be careful. 
With that, I was off, treading quickly through the snow and into the tree line of the forest. I knew not how long I had traveled. A bit of time had passed since I had last seen the other two initiates. From time to time, I would run across footprints that seemed to match the size of them, heading in the same direction. However, the smaller of the two seemed to be a bit more fresh. This meant that Fluv was following behind Targa. I'm sure most people had the same thought as Fluv. For most, Targa had this as an easy win. The thought just made me laugh. I pushed, on a, I pushed on, moving aside some underbrush to head the other way. The only way I could win against Targa was to find the fox first. Step by step, I searched the ground looking for any clue as to where the beast could be. Then suddenly, there they were, the giant prints of an adult fox. It was then that I noticed a detail that caused me to get up and start running. The prints were heading parallel to Targa and Floop, as if they were hunting its prey. I let out a silent curse, hoping that I would make it to them in time. As I ran, the snow began coming down, harder, leaving me mostly blind. It was all I could do to concentrate on the quickly fading footsteps of my competition. Suddenly a scream sliced through the wind. It was coming from somewhere to my left and seemed to be relatively close. The voice seemed deep yet scared. I could swear it was Targa, only more frightened than I had ever heard him. I turned slightly to my left, following the trail of the scream. The blizzard-like snow began to calm, replenishing my visibility. The scene I came upon was one of pure horror. Targa no longer was the fierce giant I knew him to be. He sat in horror, his eyes fixated on the snow in front of him. The snow had absorbed and froze the blood. That in itself was shocking, considering how much of it there was. The source of it laid atop, the lifeless body of a broken and torn open fluve. It wasn't unheard of for the initiatives to lose their life during ascension, especially those as untrained as fluve. However, the fact did not make the scene any easier to look at. I went back to Targa. What happened? It's different than I thought it would be, Raga. The fox came from our flank. I put, my, I put myself between Fluv and the beast, but it's like I knew where my, my moves were before I even swung my spear. The second I swung, it dodged out of the way, and in one fell swoop, it got Fluv. I'm sorry, I don't think I... Get a hold of yourself, I yelled, grabbing a hold of his jacket. Fluv knew what he was doing when he decided to ascend. If we don't get this fox, then he will have died for nothing. It was as if I slapped him back awake. I let him go, he grabbed his spear, and went back to his determined demeanor. You're right, Raga. It ran, it ran that way back into the tree line, but I'm sure that it will be back. I heard the slight crack of a branch to our backs. No, Targa, it already is back, I hissed. Get down! I fell flat on my stomach to avoid the beast. I was quick, but not quick enough. A flash of red fur blasted past me, causing intense pain right below my shoulder. The beast came sliding to a halt 50 yards or so away, though now seeing the pure size of it, it might as well have been fighting in close quarters. The two of us got, got up, allowing me to take a quick glance at the damage. Luckily, Targa had remained unscathed. I, however, wasn't so fortunate. A deep cut gushed blood out of my arm. It wasn't something I could think about for too long. I brought my spear up, ignoring the pain, and confronted the beast. The fox was massive. It stood about as tall as Faza and looked even more intimidating. The dark reddish-orange fur stood on end like an angry cat. It growled deep, brandishing sharp teeth that were bigger than the knife on my hip, its mouth dripping with spittle. Stay close, I instructed. As long as I can't, it can't flank, we have a fighting chance. Targa was shaking, the look of determination is slowly evacuating his face, being replaced by fear. Though through it all, he was able to nod and ready himself. The fox lunged at us, making the distance faster than I thought possible. We hunched down and struck forward into nothing. It had jumped and cleared us, making it to the trees behind. What's it doing? asked Targa. 
I thought for a second before realizing, can an animal really be that smart? It's testing our defense back to back. I yelled, getting opposite of Targa. Watch for any type of movement in the trees. We stood there in dead silence, hoping to see or hear the fox. After a minute or two, I started to wonder if it ran away, but something in the back of my mind told me no. My warrior instincts told me that it was still out there, waiting for the right moment to strike. The base of a massive tree splintered to our right and came crashing directly on top of us. Quickly, I jumped and rolled forward, narrowly missing the falling debris. The tree landed with a sickening thump, and I thanked the gods when I rose to my feet and could see Targa on the other side. I guess he had the same idea as I. It wasn't as if we were friends. Quite the opposite, really. I merely felt like I had an obligation to keep him alive. The fox stepped out, walking along the top of the tree trunk. I underestimated the intelligence of this animal. Not only did it test us as of toying with its prey, but it had done the one thing that would take away our advantage. It split us up. I looked through the tree branches, trying to find a way through. To my dismay, I saw no easy way to get to the other side. We were on our own. Its head glanced from left to right, deciding which of us was going to die first. I don't know whether it was due to my arm injury or the immense amount of fear it could sense coming from Targa, but it decided I was a threat due to be left for a later time. Crouching low to the ground, it got ready to pounce. Time seemed to slow down. The fox bolted forward at extreme speeds, going straight at Targa. I reached for my spear, planted my feet, and sent it flying through the thick branches and leaves of the fallen tree. I hoped with everything I had that it wouldn't hit a branch or be sent off course. To my joy, the spear flew true, intercepting the fox a mere 50 yards before reaching Targa. Targa raised his hands and screamed as the spear slammed into the creature, sending it falling to the ground and sliding to a stop a foot away. I rushed around the tree, readying myself for a secondary attack, but as I cleared it, I realized there was no need. The fox lay still, aside from the shallow breaths that escaped its lungs. I walked up gently to it, Targa still in shock with his hands up. Be free, beast, I said, grabbing a hold of the spear and pushing it deeper into the wounded animal's heart. Just like that, the breath stopped. I leaned down and pulled the knife from my belt that I had been sharpening solely for this moment. In one motion, I swung the blade and severed the tails from the fox's body. The adrenaline surged through my body. I had done it. I would be a brave. Suddenly, my head began to tingle, and I lost my energy. The blood from my arm flowed quickly. How long had that fight lasted? How much blood had I lost? These were the type of questions that flooded my mind right before I lost consciousness. Faza stood at the end of the village encampment, looking out into the tree line. It had been four days since the initiates left. Most could only survive two in the wilds. At first, many set with, set with him, but now he stood alone. He knew he seemed crazy, waiting for the initiates to return, even though it was likely they never would. Though crazy has taken a child from that was sired by another, raising him and growing attached. He silently cursed himself for this daily. Maybe he should have given up, but he had but had the roles been reversed, there is no telling how long Raga would be out there waiting for him. He contemplated many things, including breaking tribe rules and sending out the search party, but he knew if Raga was still out there, he would never forgive him. Come on, Faza, said Ta, Faza's next in command. It's cold out here, and we need to get some food in ya. No, said Faza, turning his face to his friend. I will wait out here for a bit longer. There is no point, Faza. If they haven't returned by now, chances are they... By the gods, said Ta, staring past Faza with eyes wide and mouth open. Faza turned quickly around, scanning the horizon. At first he saw nothing but the foggy snow-covered forest. 
but as his eyes adjusted, he could see the two figures watching, walking towards them. The larger of the two had, had the smaller one's arm in, around his neck and was helping him walk along. As they got closer, Faz's prayers were answered when he made out the details of Raga and Targa. As he walked out to meet them and help render aid, he noticed another detail about the two. In Raga's other hand, he carried the massive tail of a fox. It was then that Faza did something he had not done in years. He smiled. And that's it. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the story. I know I enjoyed writing it and telling it for you guys. Um, I know that there are a few stumbles in there. I was, well, I had the ability to, uh, to go ahead and delete that blurbs or mess ups or stumbles but i think that's all a part of reading sometimes i mean you go over words you you kind of misinterpret and then you kind of stumble over them a little bit but you know i will get better as the podcast continues but for now i'm going to leave all those in there but see i believe that i kind of wrote this story kind of sending the message that that you can you can really be anything you want if you just try hard enough and you know overcome the obstacles the biggest obstacle in the story of course being the fox um i mean he's he's a pretty intense monster i i originally got this idea for this story at, um when i was going through this thread on facebook i believe and in that thread it was like a short story uh like topic and you had to you had to end your story with uh and that's when i saw the fox so many people were were busting out with uh you know like these beautiful stories of like how they see these great landscapes and and after after they they looked over everything then they saw the fox or like many people believe that spirits get transferred into animals and their grandma loved foxes and stuff and in my time of need then that's when i saw this fox but i thought thought to myself why don't we go a little bit like mutated and and crazy and huge and scary with these foxes because they're known for their intelligence so if they had you know fury and rage and they were giant and you know had the means and they could really mess people up with their intelligence and all that skill so I thought it'd be perfect to make them into a monster. So after after coming up with this podcast idea, I figured that would be a really good idea for a short story. So, um, you know, it's really hard to critique your own work. I feel like I could have done better with it. But in order for me to do as good as I feel like I could have, I would have wanted to extend the story. And that kind of just wouldn't fit with the whole means of it being a short story so i would prefer it to you know stay short kind of get a generalized idea of what happened and just kind of lead with that so i hope you guys all like it i mean if you want go ahead give me a critique you can uh you can send an email to um to openbookpod9 at gmail.com that's a uh, openbookpod at gmail.com and you know, give me a critique or send me some work. I mean, if you really enjoy this podcast and you want your stuff to be featured on it, then I pick a new one each week. This will be the only one that I am writing this season, I believe. I have so many people that send in their stories and I'm extremely grateful for it. I'm looking forward to reading their stuff on air and I hope that you guys are looking forward to all of it too. So, that being said, until next time, um, I'll see all you guys later. Bye.